Welcome to the Revenge Body Podcast. I'm Maverick Willa, and I've helped thousands of divorcees and single moms get snatched waist, jaw-dropping booties, and confidence that captivates the attention of men in every room, all without dieting, cutting carbs, giving up wine night, or starving yourself. All right, y'all, it's episode two of the Revenge Body Podcast. Today, I'm going to give you some super tactical, immediately implementable, is that a word? steps to start transforming your body. I'm going to give you all the business today. I'm going to give it to you in the only way I know how, which is raw and unfiltered. So if you're a note taker, you might want to take some notes. If not, just take some middle notes because, or you could listen to this episode over and over. You're probably going to, because everything I'm going to lay out here, I'm going to explain what to do and why you want to do it. Okay. And it's going to be likely pretty, it's going to be more simple than anything You've heard because this shit is so overcomplicated unnecessarily everywhere you look. And most women that we work with are in a constant state of overthinking and overcomplicating. So here it is without further ado. Step one, motherfucking walk more. Okay. Walk more. How much more? Likely more than you are. Walking is the simplest, most accessible, and one of the most effective ways to make fat loss so much easier. So much easier. Okay. Now let's talk about why. So it comes down to this. And I, I approach fat loss from a very evidence-based, logical way at the end of the day. But if you break down how we burn calories every single day, ladies, it goes like this: 70% or more of your calories burned every day come from your basal metabolic rate. That is a fancy term that simply means living and functioning, breathing, circulating blood, your organs, everything that's working to make your body function. That is your basal metabolic rate. The two primary drivers of BMR are your active thyroid hormone, the amount of active thyroid hormone you have circulating in your body. I'm not going to go get too far into the weeds on thyroid, too far into the weeds on thyroid hormone on this podcast episode. But that's a big primary driver. I'll do more on thyroid on another episode. The second one is your body composition. So what your body is composed of, mainly muscle to fat ratio, okay? So just know that right off the bat, right from rip. The majority of the calories you burn every day come from not exercise, not activity outside the gym, not any of the shit that you think it is. It's actually living and functioning, and it's driven by your thyroid and what your body is composed of, okay? So knowing that, that's where we want to make the biggest difference, okay? The second highest category is your non-exercise activity thermogenesis, another fancy way of saying, another fancy term for the shit you do outside of exercise and outside of the gym. So basically, the other 23 hours of the day, you're not in the gym or working out, assuming that you do a one-hour workout on average. What are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? And people don't realize this. Like That has such a profound impact on your body and your ability to burn fat. If you go to the gym six days a week, but you sit around like a banana slug, the other 23 hours of the day when you're not at the gym, your body's going to reflect that. Your body is a culmination of what you do habitually over time. It's not a reflection of what you did 
that one time last Tuesday. It's not that Pilates workout you did Sunday. It's not that it's not that bag of chips you ate on Friday. It's a culmination of all the shit you do round the clock, 24-7 for months on end. Your body right now is a reflection of what you've done and what you've eaten and how active you've been and all of the things centered around your consumption of calories and your nutrient intake and your exposure to sunlight and your exercise habits and your activity level outside the gym for the past few years. That's the reality of it. Okay. So knowing that we plant a seed that this shit's going to take a little while to turn around, right? So accept it now and your expectations will be realistic. Okay. Decrease disappointment when it doesn't happen overnight. So our activity outside of the gym the best way to bump that shit up is to walk more. So the easiest way to do this is to download a step counter from the app store. Anything will work. doesn't matter. Just pick one. And ideally one that gives you a average weekly step count. We're going to stop looking at things from hour to hour or day to day. We're going to look at weekly. We're going to zoom out. We're going to look at our weekly everything. Okay. And it starts with your step count. So what you want to do first is you want to let that step counter run on autopilot, meaning you don't even think about it. Just turn it on. Don't even look at it and just do your thing for a week how you normally would. Because if you think about it and you check it constantly, you're going to be walking more than you subconsciously normally would. So instead, just forget about it. Okay. At the end of the seven days, let's just go. Let's just say you go Sunday to Sunday. You look and see what your average was that week for the week. Right. So if you averaged 2000 steps a day for a week. Now you have a baseline. It's all about establishing baselines. It's not about setting huge goals or milestones that are like leaps and bounds from where we're at because lifestyle change is not a dramatic overhaul. And this is why diets, this is why 75 hard, this is why keto, this is why anything that's extreme doesn't motherfucking work. It doesn't work. Let's define work. Work means you can do it, sustain it, and keep the results. Work does not mean you lose 30 pounds, then gain 40 back. Work does not mean you have to do it five or six times. Work means you can implement it into your busy life as a woman, as a mom, as a partner, as a entrepreneur, whatever your thing is, you can implement this thing, this method, this modality into your life, and you can continue doing it and enjoy what you're eating and enjoy how you're exercising, get results and continue doing it. That's what works means, okay? So get that step count, all right? I just needed to say all that because, you know, I, sometimes y'all need to hear things more than once. I say this on my social media, but now you're hearing it from my voice, from my vocal cords in your ears like this. I'm real close. I'm in your mind right now. Okay, anyway, sorry. I got a microphone, so I like to utilize it for creepy shit like that. So got your step count. Now you have a baseline, right? Now we want to add 100 to 200 steps to that average over time per week. So if you got 2000 steps as your average, 2200 is your new goal for next week. Just let yourself do that. Now, the purpose of this ladies, the purpose of these baby steps and the purpose of these very simple steps are because you don't need complex. You don't need extreme. You need to build a foundation. And the problem and the mistake that most women make is you try to transform your body from the roof down. You say, for instance, you find your step goal and it's 2,000. You're like, oh, well, I'm going to walk 10,000 steps. Chica, you haven't walked 10,000 steps since NOM. It's not It's since the time you guys went to Disneyland, right? It's not normal to expect. It's not realistic to expect that you can just all of a sudden start walking 10,000 steps. You got to build your way there. 
you got to build these lifestyle changes over time. Okay. So we are behavior modifying. We are habit changing. This is what's going to produce that body that you want. And so that you don't lose it so that you keep it. So listen to my words. I've done this thousands of times. Okay. So you set that very easily attainable 200 step more than you're doing goal. And you just build and build over time, working to a step goal of eventually, I recommend eight to 10,000 steps on average, right? If you're averaging eight, if you're truly not just one week, not just two weeks, but for months on end, you're averaging eight to 10,000 steps, you will never have an issue with burning fat. I put my life on that. You will never struggle to burn fat if you are averaging eight to 10,000 steps. And here's the cool part. You're going to burn fat on the way there. You're going to burn fat on the way to eight to 10,000 steps. That's the cool part, okay? When you're at 5,000, you're already down 20 pounds. Huh, not from walking 5,000 one day, but from averaging 5,000 steps, okay? We're building that average up. It's all about averages, ladies, because again, we're a culmination of our choices, not just one or two things, right? So step count. So that's 15% or more of your calories burned every day comes from that step count. That's step number one, increase your motherfucking steps, okay? And just to round out the rest of that explanation, 10% comes from digesting food, right? And 5% comes from exercise. So now that you know that 5% of your total calories burned comes from exercise, you can stop over worrying about exercising so much. Yes, exercise is important. Yes, weight training shapes your body, but it's a small piece of the puzzle when it comes to actually losing weight and losing body fat, okay? Number two, so number one was walk more. Number two, shop on the outside of the grocery store aisles and start eating more nutrient-dense foods. Notice that I didn't say cut out anything. You don't have to cut out anything. You simply just have to eat more nutrient-dense foods. Nutrient-dense foods are foods that are high in nutrient content. So that's going to be your dairy, your meats, your veggies, your fruits, things that are high in vitamins and minerals. The reason you want to do this is because those foods are more satiating. And I'm here to tell you right now, the obesity epidemic and the reason why people are struggling with weight loss is not because of carbohydrates. It's not because of sugar. It's not because of fat. It's not because of any one thing except for people are routinely, on average, over time, over-consuming calories. You can take that shit to the bank. I don't care. I will die on this hill. Did you all know that carbohydrate consumption has decreased over the past 20 years while obesity continues to rise? That's data. I base everything I say on data and evidence and conviction. (laughs) Because I'm convicted in my soul about this. But anyway, it's overconsumption of calories. And why? Here's the why. Here's why people are overconsuming calories because of satiety. Satiety is how filling a food is, how full you feel from eating a certain food. So you heard me say shop on the outside of the grocery store aisles. The inner aisles are all are where all the processed foods are. Now, I love processed food. I fucking love me some Oreos. Oh, my God. I love Oreos. I love Ritz crackers. I love cereal. I love all that shit. And you should love it, too. You know why? Because it's delicious. However, it's not satiating. It's generally high calorie, low satiety, meaning you can eat a lot of it and not feel full. Here is what I need you all to take away from step number two, okay? The reason why people are struggling so much is because they equate when to stop eating. Their bar of when to stop eating is when they're full. If we use 
fullness as our gauge of when to stop eating, we are fucked. (laughs) And here's why. Different foods satiate you more than others. If you go eat 2,000 calories of Panera bread, you're probably still hungry. If you go try to eat 2,000 calories of chicken breasts and potatoes, your ass is going to be so full you can't move. It's going to be look like one of those Sharpays with their belly dragging the ground because they just, they're just, you can't even move. That's how full you're going to feel. Okay. That is why satiety and eating more nutrient dense foods is so important. Along with the increased nutrient intake and the more nutrients you have, the better you're going to feel and the better you're going to function because it's your body getting what it needs. Okay. So the key, however, is I said, eat more of them. I didn't say only eat them because I have to emphasize this because people tend to interpret everything I say in extremes. If I say eat more nutrient dense foods, you're like, all right, only nutrient dense food. No, just eat more of them in comparison to how much you're eating now. Maybe comprise one or two meals a day of nutrient dense foods, right? A meat and a veggie, a protein and a carbohydrate. So that could be like chicken and rice, or it could be steak and fruit, or it can be some kind of Greek yogurt and oats, two or three of your meals a day, nutrient dense foods. And now what you've done simply by doing that, you have satiated your hunger more in that 24 hour period than you were prior. And your likelihood of overeating just went down substantially. And you are going to start consuming less calories in totality on average. And that will result in Weight loss, okay? So just eat more nutrient-dense foods. Keep the processed foods in. Your boy is a pioneer of behavior modification because I've done it myself, and I'm here to tell you, you can't cut shit out cold turkey, and you can't just remove something you enjoy completely from your life immediately and expect to sustain that, okay? Your body's not going to forget that you love delicious foods, and the reality and the truth is The people who have the body you want, the body you're envying, don't do extreme shit to get that body. So you doing extreme shit to get a body that doesn't do extreme shit is nonsensical, wouldn't you say? Love you. Anyway, eating more nutrient-dense foods will satiate your hunger, get you more nutrients, and help you consume less calories overall, okay? Look at it like this. If it takes 1,800 calories to maintain your weight, I'm just throwing motherfucking numbers out there. If it takes 1,800 calories to maintain your weight and you fill 1,200 of those 1,800 calories with nutrient-dense foods, you're going to lose weight because you're less likely to eat over that 1,800 calories if you've got 600 calories of wiggle room. And all the clients in our program, we encourage them if they hit their protein goal, which I'm going to get to in a minute, and they eat mostly nutrient-dense foods and they have 300 calories left for the day, you better eat some cupcakes or some cookies because you earned it and you're going to get the exact same results as somebody who fills those last 300 calories in with sweet potatoes or some kind of gluten-free cauliflower pizza that makes me want to fucking barf, okay? Enjoy life. (laughs) Balance, baby. Balance. That's what we're going for. All right, so eat more nutrient-dense foods. Number three, eat more protein. Now, people think protein is like some like special, like people think that protein means protein supplement. No, you get protein from food. Protein is a macronutrient. Macros are proteins, carbs, and fats. Don't even worry about that shit right now because it doesn't matter if you're just trying to get some momentum in your journey. Protein is so important, okay? Protein, like nutrient-dense foods, is satiating. It's the most satiating macronutrient behind carbs and fat or ahead of protein, or I'm sorry, ahead of carbs and fat, right? Is the most satiating nutrient. So the more you eat of it, the less likely you are to overconsume calories, and which is the number one mover of the scale, ladies. I hate to tell you, I'm, I don't hate to tell you. I'm just going to give you blunt truth. If you're struggling with weight loss, because you're eating too much on average, okay? 
yes, hormones play a part in how you feel and how easy the fat loss is, but they don't keep you from losing weight. All right. I'm here to tell you what you need to hear, not what you want to hear. If you're struggling with weight loss, and I'm telling you this also based on thousands of women that I have helped come to this realization. And it's always the same thing. It's always the same thing. Okay. Hormones don't keep you from losing weight. They can make it a hell of a lot more difficult, but they don't keep you from losing it. If you're struggling with losing weight, it's because you are eating too motherfucking much. Cool. Glad we got that out of the way. Okay. So protein will help will keep you from overconsuming calories. Protein also helps you with building muscle tissue. Now, here's where we're going to go back to that, those percentages that I brought up first. Muscle tissue helps you burn more calories at rest. Goes to that 70% one. Remember that 70% category? That's the BMR, basal metabolic rate. Primary driver of that is muscle tissue. So if you have more muscle tissue, you will burn more calories at rest, which means you can eat more and still get the same result. And if you eat more, you fuel your body more. And if you eat more, you also produce more active thyroid hormone, T3, the other primary driver of basal metabolic rate. So we're hitting two in one here. If you eat more proteins, you can build more muscle, okay? The other reason why, let's see, that's three reasons. It's satiating, helps you build muscle. The third reason, what was the third reason? Oh, the thermic effect of food, okay? So that is the 10% category. The thermic effect of food is the amount of calories you burn digesting food. Yes, we burn calories digesting food. And protein has the highest thermic effect of food, followed by carbs, followed by fats. Now that you know that, it makes no fucking sense to do keto, among other reasons. I digress. I'll get to that later in a different episode. I'm going to do one full episode on why I'm not a proponent of keto. Anyway. Protein helps you burn more calories while you're digesting food. So it's a two-in-one. It's a three-in-one. It's a five-in-one when you eat more protein. It's more satiating. You build muscle tissue. It is a it has a high it has the highest thermic effect of food. So you burn more calories digesting it, right? So that's got 10% category. We're so we're hitting two categories at once there, right? Um it's good for your liver as well. You need quality protein for your liver to do its job. And guess where a lot of thyroid hormone is converted in the liver. So it's protein does so many things in the body. Okay. So how much protein should you eat is probably the question you've been asking this entire time. I've been talking how much Maverick, how much it doesn't matter how much until you understand how much you're currently consuming. So we're going to use the exact same model that we use for the step count. You're going to take a seven day average of your protein consumption, which yes, requires you to use an app like my fitness pal and track your food. Okay. You don't have to be perfect with it. No, it won't cause an eating disorder. You've likely been taught the wrong way, or it's been villainized or demonized in some way, but you don't have to be perfect with food tracking. It's a tool, ladies. It's a tool. Just like a calculator helps you learn two plus two. This is going to help you learn. Hey, this is how many calories I need. It's it's so simple. It's not this super, super difficult and stress-causing, time-consuming thing you've been convinced it is. Calorie tracking, and we're not even worried about macros, okay? Don't even get too far in the weeds with that. We're just talking about protein. Just use my fitness pal at first to track your protein and see how much protein you're eating. See what you average over a seven-day span. Let's just say it's 30 grams a day. And to be honest, the populace's biggest issue with food, aside from overconsumption of calories, is under-consuming protein. So as soon as you start moving the bar and you start, let's say you consume 30 grams on average for the, for week one, week two, you can you know, your goal is 35 grams. That's it. Just increase by five grams per week. And by the time you are consistently averaging 80 to 100 grams of protein a day, you're already down 20 pounds because you're eating less, because you're fueling your body more, because you're starting to build muscle tissue, you're starting to see tone. Protein is that shit. And as far as the supplements go, because I know you're probably wondering that as well, they're fine. Just use a whey isolate. 
It's it tends to have fewer ingredients. Just pick one that tastes good. Really doesn't fucking matter. Protein supplements are not just some magic god nectar. It's just protein. It's a waste product from milk and cheese production that the companies make a huge profit margin on because it costs pennies to produce and they sell it for 60 bucks a can. So it doesn't really matter which one. And guess what? It all comes from the same suppliers. I used to be sponsored by a supplement company that uh, was owned by Glambia, which is Glambia is a company that owns a shit ton of companies. They're involved with Kellogg's, Monster Energy, almost every supplement company there is sources ingredients from Glambia. And guess what? It's all the same shit. So it doesn't really matter which one you pick. Okay. Just pick one that tastes good and doesn't mess up your stomach or anything. That's individual. Right. So that's protein. All right. So number four. So we've got walk more, we've got eat more nutrient-dense foods, we've got eat more protein. Number four is going to be track your calories, okay? So now that you've you've become cognizant of three things, your walking, your nutrient food eating, and your nutrient-dense food eating, and your protein consumption, now it's time to look at your calories as a whole, okay? Now, I give this very generic guideline for calculating your calories, all right? By the way, your protein goal should just be 100 grams plus for most women, okay? Once once you're there, we can talk about exact goals, but you can't – good luck consuming too much protein. It just doesn't happen. Unless you have an existing kidney issue, it's really hard to overconsume protein. Again, because it's filling, right? You're not going to get there overnight anyway. It's going to take time to work up to how much you need for your body, okay? Depending on your goals now and your age. So as far as calories go, just simply take your goal weight in pounds, multiply that number by 12, and see what number you get. Now, here's the tricky part. If you weigh 200 and you want to weigh 130, don't make your goal weight 130 because then your calorie goal is going to be based on that goal weight, which is super far from where you're at. Instead, make it like 20 to 25 pounds from where you're at. Start with that. Now, here's the thing. When you calculate this goal, first thing you're going to say is, oh, my God, that looks like a lot of calories. Here's some raw, honest truth for you, girl. You're already eating that fucking much. You're already eating that much and you just don't realize it because of number, because of the uh, everything I described in number one. I'm sorry, number two. Everything I said, number two, the nutrient dense food thing. It's because when you eat processed shit, <laughs> you don't realize how many calories it is. And you're you're likely a grazer. We call a grazer. You eat as you go. Nutrigrain bar here, Nature Valley bar there, little little snacky snack here and there. Especially you nurses, you're on shift. It, your sleep's all fucked up. You, you eat stuff that people bring in. You don't even realize how many calories that accumulates to over a 24 hour period. And before you know it, the 1800 calories that it takes for you to maintain your weight, you've eaten over that. And here's the thing that people don't realize as well. This is why I put it in a weekly average perspective. No, one of the this is the, a myth that I'm going to bust right now for y'all. Okay, this is some real talk. There is no such thing as starvation mode. I hear all the time from women, "Hey, and look, I keep saying women, ladies, please don't get offended. I work with women, so women are always going to be my reference because I've worked with women for years. I've earned the right to talk about our female clients. Okay, because that's who we work with. It's who I've worked with for years. I have experience. I've heard it all. Okay, and the number one thing. Or not number one. One of the biggest things that women say is, I'm barely eating, but I can't lose weight. Sis, that doesn't exist. If that were a thing, if eating too few calories made you gain weight or not be able to lose, people in starving countries wouldn't be rail thin. Think about it. People in starving countries wouldn't be skin and bones if that were a thing. 
what is actually happening is you are completely and utterly unaware of your caloric consumption on average for a week. Now, here's where this gets you. People tend to have short-term memories with eating. You only remember Monday through Wednesday when you ate like a newborn baby rabbit, like 800 calories. Maybe you did actually eat 800 calories. Most people who say that aren't actually tracking calories. And you can't really say that until you're tracking calories, but that's besides the point. Even if you, let's just say you did eat 800, 800 calories Monday through Wednesday. If it takes 1800 calories to maintain your weight and you eat 800 Monday through Wednesday, and then Thursday, Friday, Saturday, you eat 3,200 or 2,600, right? Um, that comes out to an average that is over 1800. And that's why you're struggling with weight loss. That's why it's not because it's not because you are eating, you're overeating your calories every day. It's because you're over consuming your calories on average. Think about it in a, as, as a class where there, you make a, a D on an exam. You don't freak out and think you're going to fail the class because you made one D or one F. You can make other A's that bring that average up. And that's what's happening. Okay. So again, zoom out, look at your consumption from a weekly standpoint and look at how it averages out. And that's really going to help you all. If you live day to day and you're weighing yourself every single day, you are never going to progress because that's just not how it works. Okay. Where was I? <laughs> so we're looking at your caloric consumption, right? So your goal weight, take your goal weight, multiply it by 12 in pounds, right? Make it 25 pounds from where you're at roughly. And if it's a number that looks high, guess what? You're already consuming that much. Just don't realize it. Now, here's the other thing that you want to keep in mind when you try to hit this number. Nutrient-dense food is satiating. So when you start trying to eat nutrient-dense food to hit this calorie goal, you may not get there. What's gonna, What usually happens, this is the other mind fuck that we deal with. This is another mind fuck, and I know it's hard, ladies. Like I say all this with so much compassion and empathy. I hope you all realize that because I've coached you. I say it with compassion and empathy, but I'm also telling you what you need to hear because I'm doing you a disservice if I don't. I'm giving you more information on this episode than you're of applicable, real-ass, implementable advice than you will get on anywhere else, I wager. There's a lot of great, great channels out there. So hopefully a lot of this lands for you, okay? So the other thing is we get women who start to eat nutrient-dense foods in order to hit that calorie goal that they've calculated. Oh my God, I'm, I, I didn't even hit the goal. How am I not losing weight? Okay, stick with it. <laughs> stick with it for a few days, okay? You gotta stick with it. You gotta be consistent. Most of you all are quitting after two weeks, right? You give up and you quit after two weeks and that's what's keeping you from progressing. It's not because it's not working. It's just because you haven't stuck with it long enough to work. So you stick with it and you eat more nutrient-dense foods, then you will lose weight over time. It's just going to take a little time. If you're not hitting that calorie goal, then there's no way you can't lose weight. Your goal should be to hit that, hit that calorie goal, by the way. But if you eat more nutrient-dense foods and you feel full, you feel bloated, it's because it's more filling than what you've been eating. And that's also why a lot of our clients come in our program. They're like, oh my God, I'm losing weight, but I'm eating so much more. You're not actually eating more. You're just eating food that's more filling and it feels like more. Right, satiation is a mindfuck, man. It really is. Your goal when you calculate this goal weight, this number, is to be in a range of that number. People think that when they calculate a calorie goal, they have to hit that goal in the dollar. They won't lose weight. No, you give yourself a range because it's all about averages. So if you calculate it out and you come up with a number that's like eighteen hundred, your range is sixteen hundred to two thousand, not eighteen hundred on the dot. Give yourself some wiggle room and you take the pressure off. And as long as you average within a hundred to two hundred calories of that goal you just calculated over time, you will lose weight. Okay. So that's calories. That's it. As far as your macros go, just focus on protein for now. And you know why? Because carbs and fat don't fucking matter. I have whole videos on this on my Instagram. Carbs and fat don't make a dick's difference when it comes to – as a weird metric to use. They don't make a difference when it comes to 
progressing with weight loss. They don't. Your fats and carbs can be all over the place. As long as your protein, your caloric intake, and your fiber to a lesser degree is on point, you're going to progress. And you're going to get the same result as somebody who actually hits their fats and carbs perfectly on point because they don't matter. They don't matter. Just don't cut either one and don't just don't cut either one and just get enough of both. That's it. That's really it. Macros, again, protein, carbs, fats. When you calculate that calorie goal, the macros are what make up those calories. There's four calories per gram of protein. There's four calories per gram of carbs. There's nine calories per gram of fat. That's the most calorie dense. Okay. That's why it's going to make up this usually the lowest percentage of your calories. So don't confuse yourself. I like to keep things super simple. Calculate your calorie goal. And then make, make a protein goal. You don't have to hit that goal outright. Just, again, see where you're at. Remember step two, right? The protein. Was that step two? I think it was. I'm lost at this point. Anyway, that's how you do that. And then I think the final step I would say is don't weigh yourself every day. Stop weighing yourself every day. All right? This is the last thing I'm going to touch on for this episode. When you weigh yourself every day. You are subconsciously, and look, I know it's hard when you've been taught that your worth is literally defined by a gravitational pull. I know it's hard. I'm not even going to pretend that I've suffered with the opposite spectrum where if I did, if I wasn't gaining weight, I wasn't sufficient because I needed to be big and strong because that's what I was taught brings worth, right? I wasn't worthy unless I was big and strong and masculine, right? So if that scale wasn't going up, if I wasn't constantly getting stronger, if I wasn't constantly getting more muscle, I felt like a failure. And so I would stuff myself with food, right? I would weigh myself at the end of the day. And if I wasn't a pound heavier than the day before, I would go and I would just force feed myself. So I've struggled with this ladies for years. And I'm just now not doing that anymore. Now I don't give a shit. I got a father physique and I don't care. My girlfriend loves it, whatever. Anyway, I've struggled with it on that spectrum, but you likely struggle with it on the opposite where it's, if the scale doesn't go down, you feel like whatever you're doing isn't working. You need to go over exercise or under eat in order to make it go down. If it's not going down, you're not progressing. Well, that's fucking crazy. I'm not trying to make you feel bad, but it is. It's insanity because it's not logical. It's not rational. It's based in trauma. It's based in associating your worth with an arbitrary metric. Okay. So we're going to break away from that. This is what we help women break away from. Weigh yourself at most once a week. And guess what? Some weeks it's going to go up. That's a part of the journey. Weight loss is not constant weight loss. Weight loss is ups and downs, but trending downward. All right. And it's really hard. None of this is easy. I'm not here to say I mean, it's simple, but it's not easy. If it were easy, I wouldn't have a career, right? I'm here to help you. I'm here to help you. I'm here to help you make it a little bit easier than it is and a little less complicated. So when you stop weighing yourself every day, it will allow you to keep doing the things that are going to bring you results like lifting weights, like walking more, like not doing overdoing cardio, like not fasting, like not starving yourself, like not doing crazy ass detoxes and diets and, and bullshit trends like keto and stuff that makes you cut out foods that you love just to see that scale move, right? Detach from that scale. And here is I want to push it even further. If you make your metric less about what you weigh and more about how strong you're getting with your workouts, then you will lose weight as a result of doing that. And your body will transform before your eyes because you're staying consistent with the things that actually make a marginal measurable difference on your body. But if you keep weighing yourself every day, what happens when you see that scale? No matter what, if, even if you're a sane, logical person, you could be the smartest, most logical, put together person on this earth. You, you could have a successful business, an awesome, thriving relationship, family, and you could still be that person who, when they look at the scale, thinks, fuck, I'm not worthy. I got to go rush this shit. 
I got to stop doing whatever I'm doing because this is obviously not working, right? Because it's a conditioned behavior. They found that the a brain, they did brain scans and the chemicals that get activated with a gambling addict who loses it all, but comes really close to winning that sheer thrill. They come before they bet it all and they lose it all. And then they go back anyway, exact same dynamic that you see with people who are addicted to rapid scale loss. Even if they gain all the weight back, that feeling of seeing it rapidly move, it's a dopamine hit and it resembles that of a gambling addict. So it's, it's so much deeper than just changing the behavior. There's things going on there that you got to address. There's a lot of healing to be done, right? I'm, I'd be remiss if I did not mention the mindset shifts that have to take place with weight loss. And that's going to be a whole other episode. I'm just keeping this one very tactical, very physical, very implementable. I don't even know. I've been saying that word. I don't even know what's a word. I made up a word today. But if you detach from that number, if you're able to do that, if you're even if it's like tapering off, if you weigh twice a week and then once a week and then once biweekly, man, your journey is going to get easier. It's going to get easier because you're not going to be constantly derailed. You're going to you're going to stop making different decisions because of that number. Right. Work on it, ladies. So if you like this, please reach out to me on Instagram and let me know how this podcast is landing. You know what? I'm going to end with this, y'all. I'm going to end with this. The universe doesn't make mistakes. The universe does not make mistakes. And I could have done this podcast two and a half years ago, but I chose to do it now. And there's a reason for that. Now I can speak differently. I learn more. And I think that uh, we're going to have some fun. So anyway, I appreciate you all listening. Have an amazing, powerful day. And I hope this helps. If you liked what you heard on this episode, ladies, share it with your friends. And if you want to finally escape dieting culture and get body results that make your ex wish he never mistreated you, check out the link for the Revenge Body Metabolic Revamp. You can find that in the show notes. And remember, ladies, you are powerful.